The creature tries to stay as quiet as possible as it moves in closer to them. Two hikers a few minutes off the well-groomed trail. They are mid-embrace. Their eyes are closed and their tongues are slobbering about each other freely. Saliva trails connecting them when they pause for breath, like a disgusting lady in the tramp scene without dogs. The beast steps on a twig and it breaks in half. The male hiker raises an eyebrow upon hearing the crunch, but is too distracted trying to figure out how to unhook a bra that snaps in the front. The beast creeps forward, breathing heavily, just like its prey. The lovers start feeding each other granola, trying to act like it was a sensual experience. This was the final straw. The berries in the granola smell delicious. Roaring and snorting, the creature rushes out from behind the foliage. It stands tall over them, apparently reveling in the shock splattered across their faces. The female hiker screams at the sight of the claws, desperately attempting to cover her exposed flesh with her red checkered flannel, spilling the granola everywhere as it snarls and slashes across the man's face she had been sucking on only moments before, tearing the skin away like a mask made out of bloody chicken cutlets. One eyelid remains attached, fluttering as he slowly crumples to the ground. She's screaming louder now. It slashes towards her with large paws, leaving a trail of parallel red marks across her back. But only three... His tongue was stuck on one of the claws, attached like a sad shish kebab. It roared and slashed harder, eventually unhooking the bra with his severed tongue. I started this job because I wanted to wear shorts to work. I didn't sign up to deal with mauled hikers. I've seriously warned everyone that comes through my pay booth hut to be careful about the wildlife, but did they listen to me? No. The folks that come to visit my national park have their fingers so far up their noses that when I give my beer, buffalo, and mountain lion safety lessons, they lobotomize themselves to the point where their only questions are, where's the highest point in the park? We're Instagram influencers. And do you have any psilocybin mushroom identification guides? This wasn't even supposed to be part of my job. I'm only covering because Darlene, my boss, was out doing the Appalachian Trail and nobody else had my people skills. This was a new one for me. At 6 a.m., a woman had begun frantically banging on my pay booth hut door. Nobody was normally around, so I had to zip up my pants before I opened it. Her face was distorted in horror. She had a border collie with her. Red matted down the white parts of its coat. It panted heavily, much like its owner. What's going on? Her mouth opened to respond to my question but no words came out. Her hair was disheveled and sweaty. She looked like she'd just finished a biathlon. The dog barked repeatedly. Ma'am? Again, she tried to speak, but was unable. She pointed and gestured to me to follow her instead. By 10 a.m., I was making phone calls to the family of the couple of hikers that had been mauled by a beer. I remember them from the booth. They had driven in and thought themselves clever exhibitionists but I noticed her hand on his lap in their minimal effort to conceal the act with his Patagonia fleece. He'd even made a joke about popping a tent. Should have listened to my wildlife advice. I tried calling the number that the park director had secured for me. I didn't know why I was the one making the call. I tried it seven times before and just left a voicemail. It seemed impersonal, but I was getting impatient. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Haddonfield. This is Greg Sweeney from the National Park Service. 
I regret to inform you that we've found your son dead. He was the victim of an animal attack. Please call me back so that we can schedule a time for you to collect his body and arrange to have his car towed. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Whoops. That last part was unintentional. It's the first time I've called on something like this, though. They should cut me some slack. I'd better go out and make my rounds and see if I can find the culprit. I grabbed my tranquilizer gun and hopped in the park's Land Rover. This thing was sweet. It even connected to Bluetooth. I drove out, glancing around to make sure none of the visitors were within my visual range. Then I popped a couple Valium and cranked up the reggae. There was no way I was going to find this fucking bear. I would need a Predator-style setup. Heat detectors, drones, something. I passed the park's fire danger sign. The arrow was pointed high and Smokey looked more suspicious than usual. I drove past all the major campsites. The bears usually hang out around the trash. Nothing. The waterfall sometimes attracted bears. Nothing. Some major berry bush sites. Nothing. I rounded the corner to start heading toward the river where the bears sometimes fish. It was about three miles down an unpaved forest service road. Bumpy but fun. Something landed on the hood of the car. Instinctually, I turned the wipers on, and a severed arm began waving at me, being violently shifted back and forth by each wiper. Fucking Darlene. This was all her fault. She's never allowed to go on vacation again. What should I have for lunch today? It's Tuesday, so maybe tacos? But I had a breakfast burrito. So maybe burgers. Hmm. If I get a burger, I can get crinkle fries. It's happy hour at Burger Betty's. They're only 50 cents. I love everything about crinkle fries. Even the name. Crinkle. 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 What the heck? Nobody ever calls my desk. Hello? Um. Yeah, is this the Newberry Police Department? Shit! I forgot to answer with my professional work greeting. If the captain hears that, he might make me talk to him and I'm gonna miss Burger Betty's happy hour. Affirmative, sir. This is Detective Carrie Green. This is Ranger Greg over at National Park. Uh, we found something I think you guys need to come and see. Could you be more vague, Greg? Ha, <laughs> vague Greg. I cracked myself up. Um, what is the nature of this disturbance ranger there's body parts everywhere a bear went insane over here this is the third victim we found i've got freaking arms coming out of my ears are any of the parties in need of medical assistance ranger no they're shredded apart like the cheese in my breakfast burrito my stomach is starting to rumble and this park is only a couple exits away from burger betty's i could go out there and take an extended lunch there wouldn't even be paperwork to fill out for an animal attack We police leave that to animal control, unless the captain feels like going hunting in a national park. Okay, Ranger, I'm approaching my vehicle and I'll soon be en route to your location. Hang tight for me. Okay, thanks. I'll be in the hut near the east entrance of the park. Bye. Where the hell is that lady? She didn't sound like a police officer on the phone. 
I feel like I've been staring at my watch for three hours. I can't even pay attention to my stash of dirty movies, a.k.a. the lost and found bin in the hut. I just keep picturing torn, bloodied flesh, the bones snapping and jagged, marrow oozing out, mixing with the blood to make a disgusting meat milkshake. Finally! I could hear the car approaching on the loose gravel drive. It pulled to a stop and the door opened slowly. One massively wide boot planted itself on the ground. Another followed more slowly and the legs inside had to reorient themselves to make it an easier position for the woman to get out. She grabbed the hood and hoisted herself up. I could see her in her full glory. She swiped the crumbs off of her chest and face, then wiped excess salt off of her hands directly onto her pants. Perhaps unaware of the long mustard trail slowly drying out on her stomach. The mess didn't end there. She had cat hair all over her. Her bun, admittedly the tightest, slickest female officer bun I'd ever seen. Not a hair out of place. It looked plastered to her skull. Damn it. The skull I'd seen was practically crushed. Like a bear had taken its giant paws and pierced from the top and bottom jaws with its sharp claws, effectively grinding and crushing the teeth together until they gnashed and broke. Just thinking about it made my tongue feel too big for my mouth. I brought her to each site. Carrie suggested that we take the park-owned golf cart slash ATV hybrid because it would be more efficient than hiking. She didn't seem disturbed by the gore. Cops had usually been exposed to this sort of thing at some point, or at least had a decent poker face. She jotted down a few notes, took a couple of pictures, and then told me there was nothing much they could do about an animal attack. Carrie suggested stocking up on the bear spray and let me know that they carried it in bulk at the tractor supply. This woman actually suggested to me, to me, to try warning park goers to play dead if they saw a bear because it seemed like the easiest thing to do. To me, <laughs> the guy who warns parkgoers daily about the differences between brown bears and grizzlies and which bears you need to play dead for versus which you need to look bigger than. The guy that teaches you that if you play dead in the wrong situations, you'll end up doing more than playing. Why did I even bother? I don't get paid enough for this shit. I need a nap. Glowing red eyes surrounded him. A low grumbling served as a sickly serenade. He was laying on the forest floor, helpless, looking up to a ring of demonic bears standing on their hind legs. Their fur was pitch black. Individual strands moved of their own volition like cats' tails. Blood dripped from their razor-sharp claws and teeth, still warm when it landed on his face. He felt their hunger, as though their intentions hung palpably in the air. They inched closer and closer, growls crescendoing. There were so many of them. His eyes darted frantically beyond the beasts. Pine trees, blackberry bushes, crushed tallboy cans with jagged holes punched into the bottom of them. There was no escape. One bear lurched forward, slamming the pad of his paw on his thigh, claws scraping the flesh off his leg. Another landed with a thud, twisting his ankle to the point of breaking. He found a patch of blackberries and stared at it, focusing all of his attention on them to try to dissociate himself from the pain. Another bear spread its mouth wide. 
extending its large gums nonsensically in every direction as it snorted and brought its jaws down on his skull. Fuck! That wasn't the type of nap I wanted. I didn't recognize that man in the dream, even though I could feel his thoughts. But I did recognize the place in the dream. It was the crash. A spot in the park fairly deep in the woods where the delinquent kids would party because it was too much of a hassle for park staff to go in and round them up. We don't really like working past dusk anyway. Man, these bear attacks are really starting to mess with me. I've never had nightmares. Sick. I'm even sweating. I guess I better go out to the crash and at least see if any of those deadheads are shotgunning bears. And if so, they need to be warned about the animal issues. I wasn't prepared for what I found. The man from my dream was there. The ground stained with his blood. His intestines had been clawed and dragged out far into the bushes. Crows surrounded and pecked at the contents, spilling them from where they had been ripped and torn apart. I reached for my phone. Detective Green. Listen, I found another body at the park. I think this is uh, out of Animal Control's league. Oh, hi, Ranger Greg. Did you already call them, at least? No, you're you're the person I called. I'm telling you, there's some sinister shit going on out here. They can't handle these bears. <sighs> Fine, stay put. She hung up. The blood was everywhere, all over my shoes. How am I going to clean this off? I look back at the body. He was torn apart. I can't just stare at it like this. I didn't even tell the officer where I was. I'd better head back down to the hut. She was pulling up in her cop car when I arrived. Even more of a mess than the last time I'd seen her. Her hair completely disheveled. Hey, follow me. We got a bit of a hike ahead of us. I waved my hand, beckoning her to hurry up and turn back and head toward the crash. I heard her trunk pop open. What was she doing? I needed her to pick up the pace. I didn't trust her to have an easy time going off trail. Please try to hurry. In my nervousness, I paced back and forth, noticing a crinkling from under my foot. It was a Burger Betty's fry wrapper stuck to the blood on my shoe. Weird. For it to stick, wouldn't the blood have to be wet? I heard the trunk slam. She was probably grabbing something bigger than a handgun in case the bears came after us. I turned to look and see if it was big enough. What the fuck? Carrie, it was you! Wow, looks like the genius finally solved the riddle. Why do you sound so surprised, vague Greg? You underestimated me just like all the rest of them. What have you done, you fast food freakazoid? <laughs> I'm a freakazoid? Me? I'm a freak? I looked down at my beautiful creation. The giant paws had slid over my hands, feeling warm and cozy. I had fashioned the mitts from those of a bear that poachers had shot. After we'd arrested them, I had gone back and harvested the powerful appendages. The creature had looked so majestic, even in death. Reveled and worshipped for its size, feared for its ferocious appetite. I wanted its power for myself. I hadn't totally hollowed out the inside. They would have fallen off my hands if I did that. I knew the bear's flesh was starting to rot and the stench was awful. I knew the blood covering the outside was starting to get stuck and matted between the fur. Maybe they were getting uglier. Maybe they did belong to a freak. But the claws? 
they were no less sharp, and the strength that came with them, it was no less powerful. Not even when a disgusting, rejected freak like me wears them. I lunged forward toward Greg, slashing his right ear off in one swoop. Blood spurted out quickly, ebbing and flowing with his heightened pulse. I struck again, piercing his lip and pulling it down, slicing it along his chest until his lip split into two and snapped back up like a rubber band. He crumpled and whimpered. I continued to violently slash my arms toward his head until nothing was left but stringy mush, like a bloody spaghetti squash. I hated spaghetti squash, but regular spaghetti was something I could go for. With huge meatballs, I was really working up an appetite. Something was rustling in the trees. I heard a noise I was all too familiar with. The grunting of a bear. Shit, what did Greg say I was supposed to do in these situations? Play dead?